0: It's a Daily Talk show, and we are in Los Angeles. We're in the Capitol Records building, mm-hmm. and we're here with Taga Sahun. Is that how you say yeah, that? Did I nail perfect. it? Oh, I sorry. backed out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. i going to go for it. Well, no. you,
1: Josh was re- rehearsing <laughs> it before, so yeah. he'd had the I was really <laughs> proud. I probably should
0: have probably should have said that I would have be been preparing. Anyway.
1: Well, welcome to the Daily Talk show.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for having us in your office. Like right now, we've got a bit of a view behind us. Where yeah. are we looking to? What's that?
2: This is Hollywood. We're kind of southeast facing, actually. You can mm-hmm. see the skyline of downtown. Actually, you can see it real good today. Oh, that's Usually talking. the smog is just clouding it entirely, but no, it's a beautiful view.
0: You love talking north, south. Like a uh, uh, Tommy's message from you said, uh, "Park <laughs> South Side." So we got the compass. <laughs> yeah, we came the compass. We, ta- we travel
1: with a compass, so <laughs> yeah. just in case where mm. podcast guest throws us off, where are we now? Well, right, so did, you, a- actually yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did yeah. you actually get Mr. Ninety yeah, Seven? He, <laughs> did <Yeah>. he <laughs> his so iPhone. He's got, the, he's got the compass. That's what he's actually looking at. But you said um, the lot south of Capital Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that a thing here in LA? People are referencing southeast, north
2: directions yeah. a lot less mm-hmm. than New York. Actually, I spent four years in New York where mm-hmm. you live and die by the grid but here I use north south a lot and it always takes people a minute to register so maybe it's just a me thing
0: mm-hmm. and so how did so. you how did you end up in this building you personally
2: I was running from the brutal cold winters mm-hmm. in New York and had had enough and just went to the chairman of the company I was working with back then and he moved me out to LA Mm-hmm. He came over to Capitol from, I was over at Columbia Records and brought me with him. So yeah, the tower became my home six Uh years ago.
0: And so a content producer, oh sorry, a creative producer. Yes. And so what does a creative producer do at a record company?
2: So I'm more specifically a video commissioner. So Mm -hmm. it's overseeing all the video content for our artists and the shared service. So it's everyone under the Capitol Music Group umbrella. Mm -hmm. And it's, every step along the way from like creative concept, like working with the artists to come up with the ideas, through to finding the right director to bring that to life, through to producing literally every little piece of the puzzle that goes into it casting location styling hair and makeup choreography all of those elements like working with a production team and the artist and the label to make sure that the the artist's vision is brought to life
1: Mm -hmm. wow and so um is there are you assigned because i've seen you you do stuff with Katy perry halsey yeah are you assigned artists artists as a creative producer
2: I kind of gravitate to you know who I'm most passionate about and um, I've had a long relationship with my artists um, that I have currently on my roster so for me I love to get in early and like put my hand up if I love the music Mm. or I love what they're about I'm like yeah I want to get in from the ground up like with Halsey I've been with her since she was a little baby Really? And she put out her EP, and it's been amazing to just watch her kind of creativity grow and her career just skyrocket. So yeah, I I tend to go for like the newbies that I can grow with and help sort of shape their creative identity.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, been, I mean, film clips I've been watching Rage back in the day in Australia. Oh, which do was, they still have that? I mean, I do not even watch Tell it like. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah, do. They do. Yeah, yeah. I always
0: <laughs> no. I always see like the watermarks on YouTube, people yeah. are ripping them or whatever. Well, I'm straight them. to YouTube, right? Uh-huh.
1: But mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, uh, I'd like to know ha- how much has music videos changed from a budget perspective, from a conscious of where it ends up and then how much are we putting into something like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, budgets have changed a lot. Like in the age of, I mean, you know, there was a huge shift when like Napster came along and now it's the digital age of streaming and we're actually on the up like the industry is doing incredibly well again um but budgets have definitely adjusted um and i think that's just because we're trying to make more content mm. so whereas before you'd put you know all your eggs into one basket and it'd be this huge moment and a massive mtv premiere and the million dollar video to, to now it's like content 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 so it's not just the music video it's The vertical, it's all over the behind the scenes, all over the bite-sized content that goes out on their socials Mm. and fans, you know, what kids are like today, like they just want to consume, consume. Mm. So we're we're still spending money, but Mm. it's just spread out across the board, you know, for a full content kind of creative strategy around it.
0: How how do record companies find new artists and how many new artists are in those early stages that you're seeing and putting your hand up and doing work with?
2: A lot, I mean being here that's what kind of that's why I fell in love with the tower. Mm-hmm. the ethos like the the company was all about sort of um growing and developing talent, which you know in today's day and age like you need a hit and mm. otherwise you're kind of out, but mm-hmm. we've done an incredible job at like really growing new artists and breaking them um so, you know, A&R still exists. That's mm-hmm. in full force. So it's people are still out at shows every night, scouring the internet. Like, YouTube's an incredible um, space for us to find talent and just watching trends and seeing who's spiking on, like, new Spotify playlists. Like, the the playing field, it's, you know, it's open now. I think anyone can get mm-hmm. in, and that's really exciting. Like, some kid can show up at the label yeah. tomorrow and just be so talented and be be distributing his own music you know
0: can you be a good artist and say no to social media do you think in 2019
2: i think so but your reach is always going to be limited i think Mm -hmm. social media is so important oh and i cringe like i hate posting (laughs) and i'm trying to you know still be relevant Mm -hmm. and and grow my brand even as a creative and in my other interests and i just i know that you you know you're never gonna get sort of outside of your inner circle unless you are utilising social media.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, a a successful author, uh, he wrote The Game, Neil Strauss, Mm -hmm. uh, followed Josh the other day. Yeah, I got excited. but then Yeah,
0: I was like, Tommy, we're getting cut through in Los Angeles. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, Neil followed us. I would him and then unfollow and then I saw that he uh, had followed 50 other people. So... I think that he may have been entering into some form of bot where he's doing a bit of following right. unfollowing. Which I
1: think that maybe I wonder if he feels that same way of like you know I know I need to do it, uh-huh. but what it creates, what does it do to you? You said you know, oh, I,
2: it just makes me cringe.
1: What is it? Is it? And did is it, it always do it, or is yeah. it something that's happened
2: recently? Over time? I think yeah. Especially as I've you know I'm getting older and I just like look at all my peers and the younger generation and I'm trying to keep up. And
1: are you on TikTok? <laughs> No. What would have the, um, 10 years ago, Targa, what, what would have she been doing on social media saying? Like, did you still have that? I was on
2: Facebook 10 years ago. I was really active, but I've only ever used it to keep in touch with friends. Okay. Like I'm my kind of global friend network is so wide that that that's the only reason i use social media hmm. to keep in touch with people but now i'm getting conscious like oh i have to post my videos i need to promote my work i need to you know
1: well you can at least get uh, one instagram snippet out of this a yeah. photo yeah. And a share on facebook so there's three bits that of content. will sort
2: me for the next six months <laughs> i very rarely post
1: <laughs> so you said you you knew halsey uh, sort of when she was a A pup, did you call it? A little little baby. Um, What do you think, like, in terms of artists seeing them at that early stage to someone like Halsey now who's uber successful, is there something you see in common in the people that really make it Mm. as an artist? Between, you know, like a, a, a trait in how they approach it or treat people around them?
2: Yeah, I mean, number one is drive and passion, Every artist that I've worked with, you know, that's broken through, has been so passionate and driven, and and has come with such a clear vision, um, and has never sort of wavered from who they are. You know, mm. has always been authentic to themselves, and and I think it's a combination of that and and tenacity that you know, and the that kind of feeling that you know this is all i'm gonna do you know Mm. i'm gonna do this to the best of my ability and i'm gonna make it um and i think you know with creatives in general i i find that they're very easy to connect with because they're such you know sort of uh expressive Mm. warm empaths and i'm an empath as well and i think that's a common interest and, and a common trait Mm. So I, I don't know. I think I think you've got to be a people person, and you have to have that drive and that passion to to really make it.
0: When you were in school, what did you think you would do?
2: I wanted to be a Spice girl.
0: Yeah. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: big time. I wanted to marry a Spice No. I
2: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was like my path. And then I thought, oh, you know what? I saw. I think I saw MTV um, making up the video with one of my favorite directors, um, Floria Sigismundi, and I was like, oh what is that job? I want to do that. And then I was like, is it directing? And then I discovered kind of being behind the camera and knowing that there was more of a overarching kind of creative Mm. role where I would get to collaborate with directors and with artists and sort of combine everything that I loved.
0: What was the first job that you did on that sort of journey?
2: Video, creative. Mm. Oh, it was for this um, young girl band. God, I've forgotten actually. Yeah, it was a young girl band um, who was signed to Columbia Records.
0: Were you working at Like, was it through them? Was it freelance? It was, no, or? it was through them. Yeah.
2: And I can't even remember what the band was called. Uh, or, no. What gone. were you doing
0: for, like, what was, <laughs> what I, was it? I job. commissioned that. Yeah, yeah. And it
2: was a really low budget. Mm-hmm. It was like green screen. Mm-hmm they were about 16 years old i can't even remember their name they, it, it was literally one hit wonder it,
0: it feels like there's certain legacy industries
2: mm-hmm. where
0: there's a very clear hierarchy like did you go through all those steps oh, definitely. Start as, like, i interned a, for
2: yeah. years in london then mm-hmm. moved spent my summers in new york interning yeah i was of that generation where you definitely had to pay your dues mm-hmm. and you weren't paid for internships yeah you know, and you were making photocopies and picking up lunch and dry cleaning, and it was, but it was just such a privilege to be around executives and music industry creatives that you could just absorb from and learn from, and yeah, everyone was hustling. Like I spent, you know, my um, school years working so I could afford to go to New York for the summers, unpaid, and and just get those relationships going.
1: I mean, at that point, how do you even land an internship as a Oh, woman. just
2: I was so annoying and persistent. They only <laughs> gave me one because they're like, "Who the hell is this guy? And why is she <laughs> emailing and calling nonstop? Just like tell her she can come." So well, it's, like, it.
1: it's like Mr. Ninety Seven. Yeah. He was oh. like, emailing,
2: persistent. No. Persistence mm-hmm. gets you everywhere. So yeah.
1: you said you were calling. So, you'd be calling yeah, from London. Yeah,
2: call calling. Emails was like just a thing then. Yeah. Well, I think it's,
1: it's like the younger generation are scared of the phones mm. getting, I say, getting on the blower. So, you know, like, I mean, how would an intern get a job at a place like Capital Records?
2: Well, now it's completely different. Like we mm-hmm. have incredible um, summer programs and, you know, we get applicants from. You know, every college across the country, and we vet them, we interview them, and and we give them really detailed, specific um, projects. Which I mean, we we've done a great job assimilating them into the company as well. I think we've mm. hired a bunch of them over the years. So yeah, it's not what it used to be like. They come in and they do great work that mm. has a lasting impression, and and you know, when it's it's not like it was. Like they <laughs> they get paid. It's it's very different. I don't think you can get away with what yeah. what <laughs> I had to do.
1: Well, I. I always wonder: Is it mm. like, um, is there a process now? So you got to go into the process to mm-hmm. get the internship. But I always wonder, reverting old school, getting mm. on the blower, mm. can you have cut through now? Even in the processes where it is like, follow this, and you and we'll see if we can get you in. So, do you think it's worth calling a place and finding if you see asking?
2: No, not at all. No, don't okay. be annoying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you think
1: that because t- I wonder?
0: Tommy and I both didn't really do higher education. Mm. What's, what's And I guess this new s- system encourages that, you know, going to college, doing all that sort of thing. You know, we, we've seen people in huge amounts of student debt and doing it in the arts and things where you could like, I think about the debt that people are in. It's like, man, if you put that 90 grand and put it into a short film, you could do a bunch of stuff. What's your take on higher education and did did you go to college or you did. did i went
2: to film school uh-huh. um but you know i was lucky we don't really uh-huh. pay for, we pay very little for education in mm-hmm. england Well, we did when i was going through college um it's a struggle here i mean education is so expensive mm. and i i'm all about it's, it really is who you know and putting the work in you know outside of your degree like i think putting that money into making mm-hmm. a short film or or to Support yourself to be able to take on internships. I think you've just got to build your network, build the right relationships, mm. and and sort of um, build your resume in, in the field that you want to be in. Mm. It's that's more valuable, I think, for me personally than doing a degree. I mean, I don't use mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't finish school. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in capital records. And look where you are! <laughs> but I'm not even in the interns. We're in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Hollywood, mum. Hollywood is a funny place like I think it's we've been talking the last few days just about the culture and the Mr. 97's quote Americans are so American was it? Yeah that's what he said yeah yeah (laughs) What is the what is the culture of America that you love here you know in the surrounding area?
2: I know it's so cliche but it's the opportunity and the Mm -hmm. idea that you can do anything you want Mm
1: -hmm. I've heard that a lot What, what does it actually mean though?
2: I think it's you know, it's n- never. Yeah. <laughs> do you want the funny it's, answer? It's, it's
1: convenient. Right?
0: It
2: is. Partially I nearly convenient. got a green card
0: based on Amazon Prime, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I decided not to go ahead. Yeah, no. Yeah, what's what's the serious answer? What do you think?
2: The serious answer is that you know you never hear no or negativity. Mm-hmm. Like if there's something you want to pursue or something that you're dreaming of doing, uh-huh. it's like. Oh yeah, I can help you with that. Oh, have you met so and so? They can they can support you on that. And there's just so many um, different avenues of opportunity. And for me, that was really exciting. Like I, you know, not to be down on Europe, mm-hmm. but like England has a much more negative, no can do attitude. How and do
0: they? Say, how do Americans say no? If there there are positive, there are certain signs where it's like that's close to a no.
2: Yeah, there's like a gentle letdown, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is very like worded, very roundabout. Uh-huh. No, because they're just not negative. Yeah. And, and it, they are criticized for being, that comes across as quite shallow sometimes or mm. insincere. Yeah. Which, But for me, I'd much rather someone smiling and positive, yeah. even if they're talking out their ass, you mm. know, yeah. if it's, it's disingenuous, fine. But that to me is so much more uplifting yeah. than, than being around someone that's, down and just down on life and negative mm-hmm. do, um, you,
0: do you remember your first uh, day in new york city
2: i remember my first visit there uh-huh. when i was a teen and like going into i think abercrombie and fitch mm-hmm. i was like 17 and everyone's was like hi how are you how can i help you <laughs> and, hi, you know yeah. i was like wow everyone's so friendly here <laughs> i mean <laughs> as americans are
1: <laughs> as friendly as they get i think mecca is i've moved walked into it's a you know mecca mm-hmm. in australia they've mm-hmm. only launched in the last couple of years Super friendly, very American vibe in there. Yeah, yeah. People actually engaging with you. Yeah. Which the I think we've industry. noticed this, yeah, the yeah, service yeah. industry here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just creates this extra level of effort because they need that cash money. Yeah, that yeah.
0: Tip. The tip. Well, the tip. Can you explain, like, the nuances of the tip? So I've been oh. trying to have been explaining it to Mr. 97, and it's a little bit, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, in and out, don't tip. Uh, the If you were, were to go on a. Shuttle bus where you were going from the airport to pick up your car rental. Yeah, would you tip the bus? No. Okay, we gave him two bucks, so we're generous. That's really generous.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you're
1: staying in an Airbnb, would there be a problem with using the dryer more than say eight times?
2: Ooh, that might be pushing it. I'd be pissed if that was my
1: Airbnb. (laughs) That's what I said to. I said to, yeah.
2: What if you're
0: paying four thousand dollars for the
2: week? (laughs) (laughs) Then I would use it multiple times. I'd be at a hundred. So tipping, what's the because I. Well, find
0: that like in the US, when the bellboys come over to pick up the luggage, if I'm strapped for cash, I'm like, I'm fucking taking this bag. Because no, I don't want, th- I just don't want the awkwardness of them yeah. feeling like. And
2: also sometimes like, I can carry my own bag yeah. and it's annoying that you're forcing your service on me because you want to earn some money yeah, from me. Yeah. And while I'm on the subject, I've been talking about tipping a lot lately actually. <laughs>
3: <Office> <laughs> what bander. really bothers
2: me yeah. is the coffee culture. Like it's yeah. already $6 for mm-hmm. a latte, right? And then there's this compulsory like window of tipping that comes up, and it's like twenty percent minimum. Because they
0: turn it around. Yeah, oh, no. and it's so
2: awkward, and they're uh-huh. right there waiting for you to give the tip. And like, I've just spent six dollars <laughs> on a coffee. Yeah. I'm not going to tip you three dollars on top of that. Yeah, is it a problem yeah. with
1: the say, blue bottle? Is it is it yeah. quite a big. You know, it's like you walk into a Mm -hmm. real sort of, it's not a, um, what do you call it? Not like some new establishment that's trying to get cut through. It's becoming a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. So then you go, well, I shouldn't tip at a bigger place. Where's the line, right? like a Starbucks. Yeah, when's it become...
2: That's a good point. And the service, though, is always exceptional because they're working for the tip, but also people are really, just generally really good at what they do. So a barista
0: or like someone who's not even leaving the counter... Are they working for the tip? Like, what do you reckon they're making an hour?
2: Oh, minimum wage. Uh Yeah. And, you know, if it's a lot of effort into the Mm -hmm. drink, as it is now, you know, pour over and it takes, like, 10 minutes, maybe you can get a dollar. (laughs) I sound really stingy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so stingy here in my, like, Hollywood (laughs) capital records town. (laughs) Uber? Do you have to... Uber? No
1: tip. No tip. No tip for
0: Uber. I
2: do if it's a long ride. If it's just, like, a short ride, Mm. I don't tip.
1: Well, um, what we discovered last time... uh, a lot of Aussies jump into the front seat in, Uber, in Ubers. Mm, and we Tell me that I'm not a jumper. Do you chat? You are you like, chatty? Not even. Oh. I just sometimes just jump no, in like to keep my own thing. But we were with, last time we were here, two people in the back, me in the front. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to squish in the back. And they would always have to pull their seat back for me. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. they were always so annoyed with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, bloody arsehole it's stuff.
2: inconvenient. <laughs> they don't expect you to sit in the front.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what other yeah. sort of Americanisms do you love?
2: I love, well, here specifically, I love the outdoorsiness, mm-hmm. and I love that everyone is just so casually athletic mm-hmm. and like <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: you're describing <laughs> me, <laughs> casually athletic. And know, your, your core strength. <laughs> yeah, is just We're on a couch and I'm looking, yeah, very straight right now. Very, <laughs> um, so,
1: so what, like the weather? It's yeah, the, the
2: weather. The mm-hmm. I think it's just the lifestyle in general and the mm. lifestyle that everyone projects on social media <laughs> uh which I can't avoid, but it it just makes me feel good. I love that everyone's in the sunshine. Does the it though
0: does it make you feel good or does it does it set like when you were going from the east coast to the west coast, yeah. is there a sense of like Okay, I need to sort out my rig. I need to start exercising. Like, is there a body conscious... In
2: a good way, though. Okay. Not to the point of obsessiveness, but mm-hmm. it's encouraged me to get healthier, to eat better, mm-hmm. to just... Also, everything shuts at like 10 o'clock. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whereas New York's is 24-hour city. Yeah. So I'd be having dinner at like 11.30 at night and out till two. Here, I'm in bed, really, early, mm-hmm. which I love. I love that it encourages you to sort of embrace your age and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> live well, I, a slower
1: life i always wonder the so i mean our problem in australia is eight o'clock i mean mm-hmm. places are cl- closing a lot earlier la mm-hmm. is a little bit later i've noticed mm-hmm. all the restaurants new york 24 hours as you said what are these people when we were in new york last time they're mm-hmm. out at night they've got work tomorrow are you just not getting the, the I slow. <laughs> really I like-
2: and that's why i was i was a wreck when i lived there i think i aged 10 years yeah just because you, you're out all the time. Yeah, yeah, And you're cabbing everywhere or taking the subway so it affords you to be able to drink mm. and, yeah, and just the environment and the weather wasn't conducive to healthy life.
1: I heard a guy, a filmmaker, say, living in New York, you're not living there, you're surviving yeah. there. Is that fair to say
2: yeah completely and so you and it's like some sick pleasure that you take taking like <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm making it I'm, yeah. I'm surviving New York that's yeah. it exactly and
1: like you, I could imagine your first job you're not earning much money at all
2: no and you know a lot of kids there I think um, still have help from their parents their parents mm. have to pay their rent I didn't have that luxury but it's challenging
1: mm. so is it Uh, You you were mentioning back home People are a bit more negative In terms of people's dreams and aspirations Here it's like Kid you can do You can be whatever you want to be Does it play into like The extremes of like There's also a lot of people That aren't making it The guy on the sidewalk rapping Trying Mm -hmm. to make a buck
2: Is there Is it
1: sort of Is it a a place of extremes do you You think? You know
2: I've I've kind of been trying to tap into this lately mm. because there there is like a darker sort of s- depressive side to L.A. And Maybe
0: delusion? Is there a delusion? Yeah, and
2: a lot of failure in mm-hmm. there. And, you know, your Uber driver is probably an actor who's been trying to make it for mm. five years and people come here with such, you know, high expectations and big dreams. And, and it's a bit... There is that level of depression, I think, where people are just still grinding still trying to make it and yeah it's so it's there's definitely a duality like there's two sides there's mm. the happy everything is great and we're in sunny california to the i'm like working for minimum wage mm. i haven't fulfilled any of my dreams and you know i don't know how i've just lost 10 years living in this city
1: mm. well yeah it's it's full on because I, I think i feel that and i see that mm. and we were walking down the street last night and this guy's like Saw that we had cameras and he said, You know, um, what do you guys do? Oh, we've got a podcast. And he said, I'm a rapper. And Josh said, Rap for us. Yeah. So he <laughs> did. I
0: and mean, how often are you getting people pitch, like pitching a- at, rapping at, at you? you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's a CD. Have you been down to Venice Boardwalk? <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's inescapable. There's this little kid down there. It's so sad. He must be like seven mm-hmm. and he can't sing to save his life mm-hmm. completely off key, but his. I think Big Brother or maybe his dad has him out there day in, day out singing. Like Tiger Woods
0: style. Just yeah, 10, just get for yeah. money, you know, yeah.
2: just busking. And he's got an audience because he's so bad. And okay. it, it just breaks my heart because then there's that level of exploitation and, yeah, yeah down on the boardwalk, like anything goes. Everyone's trying to make a buck. Yeah.
0: What, what do you do on the weekends?
2: I'm down on the boardwalk. Yeah. yeah. like <laughs> getting to the
0: beach. And, dur- and during the yeah. week w- with your role you're spending time with a lot of creative people. Mm -hmm. What have you learned about the process of working with creative teams? Have you got any hacks or tricks in bringing people together when it comes to shoots?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've really learned the hard way. Not that I'm not a good person, but I think... (laughs) I think just being really open-minded and collaborative and open to other ideas there seems to be like a lot of competition in the creative space right now and you know just I see it with when I'm working with directors and art directors and everyone has an opinion right and, and the artists and myself because I'm a creative but I've just I've learned to sort of take a back seat and hear what everyone else has to say first and be open-minded to their ideas and just try and kind of fuse everybody's creative vision together to to make the best possible product Mm. um otherwise just just a lot of disgruntled creatives who feel (laughs) unheard and like unfulfilled once they get to the shoot you know
1: do you think you've worked out what constitutes a great idea or something that will be an amazing idea
2: no not at all
1: yeah and well, sometimes
2: it's still a complete gamble but I just go with my gut feeling like mm. you know what feels good and what's a really unique vision and-
1: but what about when something doesn't feel great so Katy Perry comes to you and got this idea and inside you're thinking well I don't know and the thing is you don't know because we haven't done it yet we can't see it what does that, that feel like
2: that that's me listening to my gut, and that's happened quite often. And I will always speak up. Oh, you do? Yeah, okay, I do good. speak up, and I might get like, you know, it thrown back in my face, mm-hmm. or. Um, but I think yeah, you've always got to be honest. Yeah. I'm not, I'm here. I'm paid to have an opinion, and I'm, I'm on these projects to to help guide the creative. Mm. So yeah, no, no, I always I always follow my gut.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was younger. I uh, the first time I was on a proper set and I was I was given the role as an assistant director and the reason I found out later was cuz they wanted stud- student permits so they needed at least one student on set <laughs> and so they got me and I didn't really know what an assistant director did I thought it was sort of assisting the director with feedback and creative <laughs> and so I was giving the guy a bunch of like oh maybe you could try this <laughs> maybe you could try that didn't it wasn't doing didn't even touch a call sheet during the whole time and um, I look back now and I cringe at that experience mm-hmm. When you were younger and earlier on, were you talking heaps and doing, throwing your ideas out there and do you reflect on that stuff now or did you sort of stay in your lane?
2: No, I talked a lot and I was always trying to buddy up to, you know, people that really I shouldn't have been talking to. I was a little bit obnoxious perhaps, but... No, I, I sometimes, I reflect on that time in my life and I think, what happened to that passion and yeah. that like gusto that you used to have and that, you know, 16-year-old girl was just so um, so much more like driven and mm. inspired.
1: Is it naivety though? Because I've thought that for myself, right? Like, mm. where's that sort of chutzpah to make yeah. the phone call or just give something a crack? We haven't fucked up at that point, <laughs> right? And when you haven't, yeah. I guess yeah. it's yeah. easy to just
0: throw out things. Yeah, but if you've had, you got
2: nothing to lose. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that's so true. And so yeah. listening to your gut though, when does that really kick in to identify uh, that's that feeling and this is the situation and connecting that?
2: For, uh, for me, For you? Oh, I'm really in tune with my body. So I, I, I act on that really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if something doesn't feel right and if I ignore it for too long, it will really start to eat away at me and then I have to speak up.
3: Yeah. yeah. What
0: are the different themes from a... Uh, an artist who's just getting started to an artist that's been in the game for say ten fifteen years, what's the attitude shift? Are there any sort of commonalities across the board?
2: It's there isn't really. Mm-hmm. It's so different. Like for me, you know, I've had new artists walk in the door like Halsey who. Mm-hmm had a, presented me with like a Bible of incredible references and ideas, and she'd sort of scripted and conceptualized every video on the album and um, before you know we'd even before she'd even started recording the music you know the ideas were all there um and that most people would think that would come with time with a more seasoned sort of artist after say fifteen years of doing it but yeah, I mean that um like the creative chops and the sort of um the vision can come really early on, or it can take some artists years to to sort of refine and really get a handle on like who they are creatively. Mm-hmm. But no, that everyone's different, everyone's unique. There aren't really any commonalities.
0: What about uh, burnout? Is that something that, especially in say, how long were you in New York? Four and a half years or
2: four years? Yeah,
0: four years. So Definitely was, was burnout. Bur- was that so? That was burnout.
2: Yeah, because New York also us working such long hours but not really being productive, there's this whole, <laughs> mm. <laughs> there's this weird thing yeah. where you, you can't leave the office because yeah. everyone's there till 9.30 mm. and if you're seen as like not being as committed or slacking oh. off, so it's all about
1: Desk time.
0: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. appearance.
2: What are people doing? I have no idea. What were you doing? crash. Yeah.
0: Was it uh, like, and do you, is it drinking heaps of coffee? Like, does there a bunch of other things that come along with that? Yeah,
2: definitely. And, you know, there isn't really anywhere to go and take a nice walk. Like here, Mm -hmm. if I really wanted to, I could go to Griffith Park on my lunch break and Mm -hmm. take a really nice walk and get outside. And, you know, we've got a beautiful courtyard downstairs that we can sit in. Like, we didn't have any of that in New York. It was very much like city living city working and mm-hmm. I would just go home at nine thirty. you know eat really late go into bed and like just do the whole thing again it and grind. so what were the
0: did you have to uh relearn how not to do it when you came to LA yeah <laughs> were you staying in till 9 p.m and then realizing that you're the only one here or do people still have that sort of no tendency? they don't
2: like people I work so much more efficiently here and mm-hmm. and in a weird way I became like ugh. Not less good at my job, but you mm-hmm. know, you, you learn to be really effective in in a normal work day rather than and obviously I'm always on and there's definitely times where I've burnt out because of just long shoot days or, you know you know, just not mm. forgetting my self care. And L- that's another thing. LA really supports holistic kind of wellness that's like the the thing here right it's trendy now so I can take that time to like meditate and (laughs) have my self-care routine and do all these things that you would just be ridiculed for doing in New York I think like when I was there.
1: Is it even within businesses so are they supporting that? Yeah
2: definitely yep yeah we, we have like wellness opportunities and you know meditation days and things events that we can we can tap into
1: a nap couch like we're sitting on yep. this is this would be comfy for a little midday meditation nap
2: yeah it looks like a guilty face, guilty face. <laughs> <laughs> after a long day shooting yeah what's the um
0: from a culture point of view when you're on a conference call with uh, say a team in on the east coast or things like that can you tell straight away? Is there a different vibe between the different coasts?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I notice that between the coasts, and also with other countries. Like, I work with our mm. Australian office and What's our the team Australian in London. Office
0: like, do you think?
1: <laughs> G'day, man, How are you?
2: <laughs> no, they're like like the Brits. Like, when they're on vacation, they're on vacation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. you can't reach them. Yeah. Whereas the American culture and work ethic is, you have to. You're you're always on. Mm-hmm. And that's Email just, on your phone. All yeah, that sort of thing. and vacation days aren't really, you know, vacation days. Yes, you're out of the office, but mm-hmm. you're always switched on. And that was something I had to get used to when I moved to the States.
1: Is it, I mean, I who who, are you, who do you push back? If I could imagine I wouldn't survive in a business doing that. I'd be like, mate, don't contact me. Obviously, you can't. There's sort of rules. Are they spoken? Is it like holiday, but
2: no it's almost and again it depends what you do like i wouldn't really want to switch off entirely because i'm so passionate about my projects and if i've got videos in production Mm. and i'm also a bit of a control freak so Mm. i don't really want to hand those over to my team Mm. so you know those deadlines are deadlines so if i have a shoot in two weeks but i happen to have scheduled a vacation a while back, before I knew, like I've just got to be on and prepping the job while I'm away. But
0: talking about so. being a control freak, you could s- see that as being a good thing or a bad I thing. Thought <laughs> you
2: were gonna say you can see that. And <laughs> I was like, oh, have read.
0: <laughs> no, the, I mean, you obviously having done you know this sort of work for a long period of time, you get to learn your traits. Has there been any pivotal moments in your career where you've realised? something about the way that you work and you've had to shift or change or adapt?
2: Yeah. I actually, um, I grew up, I grew up, I mean, I grew up in this business. My very first boss was really aggressive and very masculine and kind of a bully actually. Mm-hmm. And because that was the first person I learned from, I noticed that I pulled some of those traits and took them with me. And it wasn't until over time when I finally found a much better mentor who who helped shape me in a different way, I realized that actually God, those traits weren't serving me, like that I'd picked up from her. And it was another woman, which was mm-hmm. surprising. Um, and just in general, being masculine in the workplace, I think a lot of women have to be to an extent. And I really tried to sort of strip that back and not be so kind of hard and demanding and, and sometimes aggressive to get mm-hmm. what I want. It's just, it's, it's difficult as a woman. And also, you know, when I'm working with, massive teams like if I'm on set people I'm only five foot one and Mm. people don't always take me that seriously Mm. so I can have a bit of a bite and I don't like that about myself so I try to always keep it kind of soft and professional and be really respectful of everyone so I think over time I learn that
1: well you uh, you talked about the competitive nature of I guess this city I mean everyone's here there's limited jobs and there's lots of people vying for those Mm. jobs but then on the other hand people are supportive and you know celebrate yeah do that do that how what is the how does the competitiveness come out how do you see that as someone that's a maybe in your creative producer role like what what does that look like
2: it's like it's it's very subtle it's it's and in a way it's healthy competition to an extent Mm -hmm. because it just makes you want to do better and have better ideas but you know a great idea can come from anywhere and you know I find that I'm always just a little bit like you know even when I'm working with directors and they're making suggestions to the artists I'm like oh I should have thought of that you know <laughs> why aren't I coming up with these ideas you yeah. know so it's just it's very subtle you're just kind of wanting to always better yourself and to sort of stand out amongst a city that is you know fueled by entertainment and mm. creativity
1: so is there a, it's a high standard
2: it's yes like, exactly
1: across the board everyone's trying to
2: Yeah, to, like, one up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm, I I could imagine that's hard at times. Do you you, you find it hard to to
2: deal with it? It's a pressure, right? Yeah, and it's really hard to be on and to be creative all the time. Like, it's quite draining. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it, it... sometimes i just have to hibernate because like when you ask me what i do at the weekends i mostly just sleep <laughs> well, you, you mentioned yeah.
0: having a, a mentor hmm. uh, what has your relationship been with mentors and over the years have you started to become a mentor for different creatives
2: it's funny when yes i've had a couple of brilliant mentors and i've been really lucky but i I've always considered myself I guess I forget how long I've been in this industry. Mm-hmm. So now that people are starting to come to me and asking me to mentor them in some capacity or to help them grow or to manage them. Like I I have a a great guy on my team who who reports into me now and I've been sort of grooming him and building his career up and and that's been such a growing experience. But I just I always kind of look at myself like, Well, I'm not old enough to <laughs> to, to be a mentor to anyone or I haven't been doing this long enough. I, I guess my, you know, my self-doubt starts to creep in and, mm. and I just sort of, I forget that actually I've been doing it for 12 years and I have a lot of stories and experience and wisdom to share. So um, what,
0: what is a good mentor then? And what were some of the traits that you found in some of those early mentors that you had that you've brought into what you do?
2: I think um, mostly, when, you know, management styles, like how they mm-hmm. communicate with people, um, so communicating effectively, always being compassionate, having an open door, um, being a buffer. Like I had a great boss who really protected me from a lot and mm-hmm. always um, you know, had my best interests at heart and wasn't trying to sort of threaten me or cut me out in any way. You know, would His level idea of being successful was to see me be successful mm-hmm. because that meant that he had sort of mm. grown me and supported me in the right way.
1: What have you learned from teaching, or like, or being with somebody who you're mentoring?
2: Oh, I've had to like lose my ego. <laughs> yeah, because I think
1: teaching teaches you. Like, yeah, I've
2: learned you... so much. Yeah, I not that I don't have a big ego, but it comes out, and I think communication's been really important. And I have, I mean, he's great. He gives me feedback a lot, and sort of up, what do they call it, up managers. Um, <laughs> which is good because yeah. it helps me to grow. And um, I think communication and supporting and also talking about being control freak, I've learned to really relinquish a lot of that and be able, have been able to give up a lot of my projects. To allow him to flourish and sort of grow in his role by saying, you know what, you're gonna handle this on your own. I'm here if you need me, but I'm not gonna micromanage you. And that's been mm. that's been challenging but very um rewarding for me to see.
1: When you say communication, is it taking the creative ideas in your head and actually verbally communicating?
2: Yes, and also just communicating my needs, like how I and where I need support and what yeah. I expect of them without you know, being impatient or snapping or being intolerant mm. in any way, you know. And, and often I have conversations in my head and I haven't had them out loud with him. And, you know, I'm expecting things to have been done, which haven't been, but it's it's actually my fault because I just haven't expressed myself clearly.
0: Mm. You mentioned before that you're a shared service within the business. Mm-hmm. I guess as someone who's a buffer, you're dealing with a lot of stakeholders constantly. Yeah. Does it feel like sometimes, like you've got a lot of bosses and a lot of sort of- Yeah, a
2: lot of people to please. Yeah. Which I, I actually love that part of what I do because I'm a people-pleaser. <laughs> <one. laughs> um, yeah, you know, you're dealing with the artists, their managers, the marketing mm-hmm. team, the executives, um, the directors, the producers. So you're just, you're trying to sort of make, and sometimes brands, you know, if there's product involved, so you, you want to make everybody happy and find that middle ground. Um, but do you skew a,
0: a certain way? Do you say, okay, if the artist is happy, then it means that these people are going to be ha- Like, how do you deconstruct Yeah, it?
2: generally. I mean, we're, and you know, we as a company always support our artist vision. So mm-hmm. they that comes first primarily. Um, so yeah, I'll obviously, if I've got concerns or opinions, I'll voice them, but I'll always support the artist and the company first. But I think yeah, I'm I'm still learning the craft of, you know, emotional intelligence and Mm -hmm. learning to deal with lots of different personalities and people's wants and needs.
0: Yeah. How do you find, uh, you know, in in the entertainment industry, music, you're dealing with sort of high status people or a bunch of different, uh, you know, types of artists, the personal relationship and trying to understand that, I'm guessing it's quite a complex thing. Have you worked out mechanisms around that of like, hang on are we i'm spending all this time with these people are we work buddies are we actually mates
2: yeah it is hard it's funny when i left my other job it was such a like it was like a death it was such a mourning of the yeah. loss of my identity because i was at my previous label for about five or six years as well and and you know they switch off your email and it was so interesting like no one contacts you. I yeah. well, <laughs> um, don't have
1: your email. Well, Hopefully, yeah. you didn't have your I- uh, the notes attached to your email. Yeah, you didn't have lost iCloud all my bloody notes. Yeah, iCloud. You're absolutely gone. Very oh nice. All God. your good
0: ideas. Yes, yeah, all my great ideas. That's why I'm not successful now.
2: It's still hurting. I can see. I can feel it.
0: And so, what was that like? Like, how do you. Um
2: well obviously some people came out the woodworks and mm-hmm. those are the ones that i call true friends yeah. so but i've learned now it was a really good lesson and I, my whole identity was wrapped up in that job and i thought okay i've got to redefine who i am outside mm. of my career so it was mm-hmm. really healthy to have that wake up and so now you know i love everyone that i work with but it is business at the mm-hmm. end of the day and yeah. i'm lucky to have a few of them as friends um and with the artist like it's that's just been just so wild like to Mm. forge really close relationships with them and to be so connected and close and you know because when you you want to get in their head and understand their vision and understand Mm. them and and, but there's that boundary right you've always got to remember no this that this is still business like they're not my friend but Mm -hmm. you have to forge that connection to be able to do great work with them
0: Mm. yeah it's interesting like the do you think that you can do like work and have friendship at the I same time. I think so.
2: Yeah, I mean sorry that sounded really harsh. Like I would I would call <laughs> them all my friends. Yeah. I'd love to still, you know, stay close to to everyone that I work with when I leave.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um because you do become so close, but um Is
0: there something different do you think? Like I think that maybe that plays into the American culture a little bit. So everyone's supportive and yeah. everyone's super nice. But so then it gives you this base level. Right uh where you could assume that uh you have a quick meeting with someone and say oh, i really connected with that person i think we're great mates mm-hmm. and this happened to me where i was you know filming a bunch of sh- short form docos and i was uh working with an american guy and by like i was like fuck! i reckon i've made 15 new friends and you my mates like oh, <laughs> they were all just being nice josh <laughs> um, i mean so
2: you get yeah. the dinner invite a lot. Oh, yeah. we've got to go for brunch this weekend. Yeah. Oh, give yeah. me your number. Crickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And. and so is there a is there a distinction or like do you just not maybe I'm overthinking it, but do you um do you say okay because you know there's certain people who like you'll work with where you won't even know their birthday or the people who have like a different name on facebook and you know they never put their profile picture up and things like that so you got that end and then you got the person who wants to be mates and they are constantly saying hey let's go for a drink are you saying what are the
1: signs of an actual mate
0: yeah well yeah i'm trying to work out like how you blend like blend it together how do you know when you've entered a friendship with someone from work
2: For me, it's Uh when I share. Like I'm such an open book with people that Mm -hmm. I feel close to. So my whole team. I mean, they basically bless them all. Have Mm -hmm. to sit through weekly therapy sessions with me (laughs) (laughs) because while I just splurge everything that's going on in my love life, my Uh family Uh life, like all of it. Um, So I would call them. In fact, I would call them kind of family more than friends. Like Uh we're we're so close and. Yes, we don't go out for dinner and drinks that much. We'll do things on occasion. But, but I know mm. that if I needed anything, I could call them and, and they'd be there for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think Sorry. we spend yeah. a
1: lot of our time... Doing work, so it's a lot of our waking hours of our life. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have to have at least like the people you work with, right? That helps, yeah. right? And it actually helps loving.
2: I spend more time in this to. office than my house mm-hmm. for you know? sure.
1: and you pay rent there. You don't pay rent here. Yeah, yeah. So isn't it a bizarre thing? I've got a thing.
2: better view here though. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: it might, yeah, much better. So,
0: when you were trying to work out where to move to in LA, what are the things that you consider? Is it is walking to work important to you? Like, how do you get around? What What do you think about?
2: I. Classic Brit. I moved to the beach Uh because I just thought, you know, if I'm gonna be in LA, I'm gonna do it right, Uh and I loved it. I was I could walk to everything in Venice. I was two blocks from the water, and there was Mm -hmm. a community. But then it it did start to feel like a bubble. Yeah. Were you working here? Yeah.
1: Oh wow. I mean, we just hit a 57-minute drive from Santa Monica back to. It's the worst time. You're going
2: the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. How long did it take you? you (laughs) <laughs> um, 40 minutes not okay, even 35 yeah, sure. is that like
1: a, a small like is that a small commute for someone who lives commute. in LA? yeah really? but
2: you're moving the whole time you're okay. not crawling I feel like doesn't matter as long as you're moving any Mm. amount of driving is fine you know if you're doing 65 and flying that's great yeah
0: that's a good view on life it doesn't like snapchat own half of venice
2: now so that's what happened yeah so all (laughs) of that you
0: moved out i moved out like
2: that local kind of beachy community Uh dissipated and Mm -hmm. it became you know all the tech kids moved down Mm -hmm. And it lost its charm, but like having a community, being able to walk to a lot of things is so important and it's really rare to find that in Mm -hmm. LA, walking to anything, Mm -hmm. and if, you know, God, I would never, where I live now, so I'm I'm in the sort of gentrifying part of the city. Yeah. And there's still gunshots at night, so like I definitely wouldn't walk anywhere.
1: Is that downtown?
2: No, I'm in, um, it's mid-city, but I'm sandwiched between West Adams and Jefferson Park.
1: And there's legit gunshots.
2: Yeah. Holy shit. So not I mean it's less and less. (laughs) But gunshot
1: to
0: (laughs) gunshot
2: him. I compromised for the neighbourhood I I bought a place and that was kind of the only place that I could afford What's it like
0: buying in the US? What's the process like?
2: Um, very confusing. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so are you like a citizen here or what's the difference? No, I'm a resident. I could be a citizen. Is there a difference in regards? mm, Okay. So with the residency, with the green card, you have to be here six months of every year. Mm-hmm. But If I got my citizenship, which I could do, um, I can move freely. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, disappear for five years and then come back.
3: Okay,
0: sure. And so, yeah, when you're buying the house. Yeah. Yeah, what are the things that you had to con- consider that you weren't even thinking about at the time?
2: Um, oh, God, just all the, like, weird, like, taxes and uh-huh. add-ons and utilities here are so much more than england like i, w- I wasn't expecting like
0: rights and stuff like yeah,
2: yeah. the mortgage rates are higher as well mm-hmm. um yeah all of it you have to put 20 percent down if that was just such a growing up kind of moment in my yeah. life where i feel like i became an adult yeah. and i had to learn a lot and uh yeah so that was but you know a good experience to have yeah we're and talking
1: i mean we talk about this stuff like we know at the credit and credit, credit rating school, yeah. credit scores like in Australia if you had 10 credit cards even if you're paying them off it would be probably detrimental to getting a home loan based oh, really? on yeah. you, That's too so much different. of a liability yeah. having too many too yeah. much credit you
0: basically if you want to get a mortgage you need to like get rid of all of your credit cards because high income yeah. oh, wow. whereas like Does I read, um, yeah Ramit says he's <laughs> yeah. got a book I, I'll teach you how to be rich or whatever he talks about in the US it's like get yeah as many credit cards yeah it's really good (laughs) yeah and And then they
2: lend you more money if you have debt (laughs) yeah i
1: mean you could say i mean from a perspective of australia and the way they drill it into us it's like you could pop that bubble at any time like all these people like the economy drops out Mm -hmm. not you specifically but (laughs) you got a nice job (laughs) knife's office let's hope it never goes but you know like a lot of people with a lot of debt is that how people slip in do you think to those hard times
2: yeah i think so when i think that you know buying things that they can't afford mm-hmm. like getting a home um i don't know enough about the crash of 2008 but it was essentially people borrowing more money than they they could afford right so mm-hmm. and i could see that when i was looking for a house i was being offered a loan which was way more than i could afford mm. i was like how are you calculating this just based on my income because i can't meet these monthly payments yeah and so then they're like pushing you into buying that higher bracket sort of price property because you have the money approved i'm like but, but then i wouldn't be able to meet those monthly so mm. that's how your house gets repossessed yeah. what about- they're
1: saying They're they're approving it yeah mm. Only
2: yeah oh. so they approved me to essentially bankrupt myself just get a nice penthouse but it'd be gone within three
1: weeks so
0: from a um progression point of view with your career where does a creative producer go like what's the next level up from a creative producing role within the music industry or and does it interest you or have you sort of found your sweet spot
2: yeah right now i'm in my sweet spot Mm -hmm. and um you know like i said we're sort of we're focusing on content strategy, you know, in a much wider sort of mm-hmm. sense. So it's all of the content that that goes alongside a, an album or a single launch. Um, so I'm I'm kind of getting to dabble in everything: mm-hmm. um, live stuff, mm-hmm. teasers, verticals, lyric videos, personality content, um, and really helping to build out creative campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, it might be really interesting at some point in my career to move into some of the print stuff, mm-hmm. which we have a, another um, amazing team that handles all of that. So that's album artwork and photo shoots. But that side of it, you know, is very much cohesive with what we're doing in the video space. So
0: still still relevant given most people streaming and things like that? Or Yeah, is, you know I
2: mean, because you still need mm-hmm. artwork for yeah, online. Yeah. Mm hmm for sure and vinyl's really big and a lot of our artists like to have the physical kind of tangible Mm. um record yeah and you know the the beauty about what we do as a creative floor is the the artist kind of first stop is with us so we Mm -hmm. get to sit with them and build out their mood board and figure out Mm. what they want their kind of look and identity to be um so i think just for me you know getting more into that sort of space where i'm like having more of an overarching um role in mm-hmm. in print and video would would be really interesting as the next step
1: how far ahead is a business like capital records looking at technology and the different uh ways people are consuming the content
2: we're pretty far ahead. We have mm. like a whole, you know, it's a little bit out of what I do, but we do have like a really strong research team that's tapped into all of that and how music's being consumed and, you know, the algorithms and and you know, whether it's more beneficial to release a video day and date mm. with the song or we should put out another piece of content or we should wait a week or whatever it might be. Every um decision is very calculated and intelligently decided based on research that's out there.
1: When you're watching um, video clips like Little Nars like these things that just blow out blow up. Yeah, go viral. um, Gangnam style Mm -hmm. uh, with a critical eye are you, are you running a critical eye over them as someone who you no, know, makes like, this stuff?
2: Oh, I wish I made that video. <laughs> yeah.
1: So good. What do you what do you take from seeing something like Little Nas's film clip the phenomenon?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a moment in time, right? I mean mm. every now and then you kind of strike gold with a video, and you might create something and and have no idea that it's going to blow up like it does.
1: Mm. Do you think these people creating these kind of things are, are thinking that like this is going to be? No, not at all. Nah
2: just from personal experience like yeah. where we've had things that have really done well you, you just don't know all like i've i've created content that i thought would do incredibly well and didn't get the eyeballs on it yeah
0: well it seems like the biggest creative killer is when a client says we want it to go viral <laughs> oh, uh, is there is there any buzzwords. other yeah is there any other statement or <laughs> that thing that happens warning in, uh, yeah warning signs <laughs> in a in a meeting where it's like oh, actually I, I think that we're on the wrong track here
2: yeah like if, if I, I tend to get a bit wary when people, you know, want to go really left of center or really outside the box or we need something with shock value. Yeah, mm. um, yeah I think everyone's trying to create content that has repeat watchability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, however that is, whether it's doing something shocking or, or really left of center, you know, people are just grasping at, at an innovative... Different idea, Mm. but God, I mean, everything's recycled in one way or another. In my opinion, yeah, Yeah. we're all inspired by each other.
1: Is there anything hard to that you've found really hard to source, but you've got it for a film clip?
0: Like the the hand that's you know what? Oh, Is it in the office? Is that Mm -hmm. what?
2: No, (laughs) I just had a flashback to my first summer interning in New York when I was like seventeen. And Alicia Keys had to have the most specific color purple for a piano in one of her film clips, videos. And I just remember calling every piano store supplier in New York City trying to track down this specific color, and it was so important. And you know when you're... You knew. I remember my heart was like racing, and the pressure was on. I was like, "I have to find this piano." Trying
0: to describe a specific purple over the phone. Well, how do you describe the to, color? Yeah. How
1: do you describe red?
0: Uh, purple. It's a Maroney purple. Is that what you were saying? Why are you yeah. pan, or Pantone. Like you literally. It's a yeah. pinky <laughs> purple, closer to a hot pink than a it's purple. It's giving so an her an shivers aubergine, She's eggplant. Eggplant, eggplant. kind of. Was that what
1: it was?
2: Yeah, I think it was. God, it was so long ago. I just remember the anxiety. That <laughs> did was. you get it? Did you
1: get it? Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, you got oh, it. Great. Oh, yeah. good. Is there anything in this office that you've kept as a little memento? What are those rub- those rubber band balls? Do they come yeah. like that? Are they rubber bands?
0: Where are you
2: looking? That's in
1: that's in
0: something. Oh, that's that? a Christmas decoration.
2: Oh, <laughs> 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 Sorry to let you down. I mean, yeah, you know, it's I'm November. Really, I haven't kept that many props apart from this chair, which was from a Katy Perry shoot. We've got yeah. three of them actually. Uh-huh. So you are they very uncomfortable to with, sit on? Were they
0: built specifically for it, or is it?
2: Um, no, I think they were purchased props actually. But uh-huh. they in the video we had the nails painted on the back of them. She was getting her nails done at the salon. Oh, correct. And Oh, with an Aussie director. Um, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. It'll come back to me. Joel something or other. It's all right. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll A great Aussie it. director.
0: Can you... Um, do you have to come to Los Angeles, do you think, as an artist to make it? Or do you, do you think there's other... Or do you have to be in one of the big cities?
2: I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Just knowing some of the artists that we've discovered who are from... Yeah. Far corners of the world. Mm-hmm. I think now with the internet, yeah. it's all up for grabs, right? Yeah. What yeah. about
1: your your job? What's back home that you could do that is of a similar similar level? I guess. Back
2: in England. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is
1: your home, right?
2: Yeah. It's oh, it's funny. I mean, it isn't. I bought the house to feel more at home, and yeah, I yeah. feel more lonely than ever. Was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so? When you when you um, got
0: the the house, yeah? What is the Because Tommy and I don't buy places, but we we haven't bought a house. But we're planning on eventually, (laughs) you know, we have our own home. And I feel like that's, especially in Australia, it's the Australian dream that you buy a place. And then it's like, you're not fucking paying rent anymore. right? Uh, And then it feels like you're winning, even though you've got to still pay the bank what was the yeah what was the feeling when you when you got the place is it sort of excitement at the beginning we think I'm, I'm gonna airbnb out yeah it was, that, i'm gonna it was actually
2: yeah. such a come down when i got the place <laughs> i was like oh, i'm supposed to feel really settled and happy uh-huh. and ellie's my home now and it just felt very anticlimactic uh-huh. was it
0: because yeah. of the you were doing what you could afford which is in a uh, area that was you know th-
2: yeah like i love the house but the area like i, re- I really miss Walking, mm. I really miss like knocking on my friend's door and saying, "Hey, you mm. want to go for a skate at the beach?" You know. Yeah.
0: Do you do roller skate?
2: A skateboard. A skateboard.
0: Oh, that's roll cool. Did you go a, Just
1: from sk- a skate to roller skating. No, I was
0: thinking
2: he roller. He was being ska- sexist. No, <laughs> no I was. not I was
1: literally <laughs> thinking about. Ve- I was thinking of Venice no, no, and you. all that. Like a like short.
0: short, short oh,
2: that's true on the boardwalk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: no, I, um, I like both. No, so roll, ro- uh, roller skating. How long have you been doing that for? Skateboarding. Skateboard. oh See. Um, I was calling roller. I was calling skateboarding mm-hmm.
1: roller skating. There is a roller skating know. rink though in uh-huh. LA. I see my friend at all the time.
2: Really? Yeah. Oh, I think He's it's out in the valley. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
1: skateboarding. How long have you
0: done? Skateboarding.
2: That for? Um, ooh, quite a while. Maybe eight years.
0: And so, can you actually get around?
2: I get can around. It be a transpor- I'm transport. Okay. Yeah, less here mm-hmm. in Venice. I used to skateboard all around Venice and San Monica. Where I live, no, it's more just. You know, just for a night kind of skate, Uh Um, dodging bullets. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, when I lived in Brooklyn, I used it to get around everywhere, Mm -hmm. which was why I learned to skate. Well,
0: the Lime and the Bird uh, scooters. Oh, yeah. What's your relationship with
1: these electric scooters?
2: Very much love-hate. Love-hate? Yeah. Yeah. Love them when you...
1: When I really am in in a pinch (laughs) and, like,
2: (laughs) can't find a parking spot near the beach, so I have to park ten blocks back and get on one. But... So no, you really, just, you
0: actually use them if you like. If I'm
2: really in a pinch, but what bothers me is that there isn't. They're getting better, but uh-huh. when they first came out, they were just strewn mm. across the sidewalk like litter. And I was, con- I'd come out my house in Venice because that's where they started. Mm-hmm. It was like the testing ground, and there would just be five of them piled up on my stoop, and I'd have mm-hmm. to constantly step over them, and it just was. Really, it was quite sad to see. Mm. It was almost like society, just another example of how we just discard things and just have no respect for um, the planet and like our stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think
1: we, since we've been here, since we came last year, I think it it's, they're less yeah. scattered. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, they're not like they on the ground. Areas. Yeah. well, I tried to get on one last night and it was like um, they'd. Um, zoned it out because uh, of there was a was festival part, on right, yeah, right, and that so they, have you had that before they've actually turned them off
2: I haven't had that but they zone you out of where you can park it which frustrates me because then all of a sudden mm. you're not aware and it's like a $35 fine oh really, oh, really? And it starts yeah. buzzing ew,
1: watch ew, out ew, ew. starts tweeting like a
0: boo. oh I didn't get that I
2: yeah. just got the fine which is, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks Uber <laughs> and great. so right, uh,
0: driving Los Angeles is like a city that re- requires a car I definitely. guess definitely
2: public transport's getting better I've shockingly never ridden on it um, but What's all,
0: what, what is the pub- like buses
1: I guess
2: buses and um, subway there is mm-hmm. a subway which actually now goes by my house um, what about
1: things like um, Elon Musk's tunnel that he's building.
2: Oh yeah.
1: I mean, I, he- well, I hear about that. I think yeah. I hear about the sort of gimmicky things more so through yeah. the news. I mean,
2: I don't know if that's oh, real. A jet and pack if it's we happening. saw jetpack
1: once. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so is that real? Pretty cool? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not real. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah. have
1: you have you heard much of that?
2: No. I, you probably know more than I do. I thought it was just an, an urban myth. Yeah. I thought
0: no. I thought the. Um, the tunnel's more like a uh, so trial type of thing to you actually can, see if it's... If you want to do
1: Burbank to, to the airport. Right. So it's like a few minutes in the jet speed tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a... a it's, it's like bullet a, train, right? Mm-hmm. Well, kind of? there are capsules that are sent projected and they've they got on tracks and then mm. i don't know A Seven's probably read the verge and knows yeah.
0: more about well, it well A seven does an la fact of the day normally but now that we're in la we thought if when we have guests on they could give us a fact Ooh. what what is your la fact could be a target fact of the something day. that oh you know really
2: hard i don't know if i can answer what that. about it's like
0: a- food wise like is there a, f- a food pl- it could be a recommendation that's easier if if someone's coming to LA, best
3: burgers. The v- fact.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, that's In-N-Out always. In and out. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. went to
0: In-N-Out, but the thing is, I went veg Do you know what the vegetarian burger is like at uh, In-N-Out? So isn't
2: it a cheese melt? N- yeah, cheese?
0: But, uh, is that what they call it? It was just a <laughs> burger without the beef. Or right. is Kroger? Yeah, yeah, it was Kroger. Yeah, someone said it was a it's a salad, it? roll, salad roll essentially. Salad oh. roll. I don't. I think it had cheese in it, but it was. It was sad. It felt like it was missing the actual thing that you need.
1: So what's your recommendation? It doesn't have to be food. It could be a place to visit, place to see, tourist trap. (laughs) Tourist (laughs) tourist trap.
2: (laughs) God, there's too many. I would say what's kind of undiscovered? Oh, you know, I was downtown today for the the climate change, um, youth climate change rally, even though I'm a bit old. I just feel really (laughs) old down there, by the way. and I realized that there's this whole undiscovered part of LA that I've never been to down there. Mm-hmm. It's like the Walt Disney Music Hall, the Broad, which is the new, mus- well, relatively new museum that's down there. A slew of great restaurants are popping up, and it it felt mm-hmm. I felt like I was on vacation. City Hall, that mm-hmm. whole Grand Park that's there is just beautiful, and it was really like vivacious. Um, yeah, I was. I was, my mind was blown, actually. It felt oh, really? like a different city, and I'd never seen that part of town, so... Have I they, think
1: ju- is it fresh, or is it...
2: No, I think just more things have been coming up, yeah. and I just haven't looked at it with mm. the right sort of perspective before, in the right lens. Um, well, you
1: said your, your area is, like, up and coming. Mine's up and coming.
2: What makes it up and coming?
1: Hipster hipster, cafes, Yeah, definitely
2: that. Which which cafes? There's one called Highly Likely, which is Uh really hipster. Uh Everyone, you know, with beards and like cool Mm. Mm glasses and on their laptops all day. Um, What
0: sort of milk do you get, almond or oat? I'm an oat milk kind of gal.
2: You know, $6 turmeric. Latte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, correct. That's Did how you, you know it's hipster. No, I'm no. hot. I'm okay. hot. Even I'm even a hot coffee it's really hot. when it's 100 degrees yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. Have you have but. you
1: less? Have you done less turmeric six dollar lattes since you've got your mortgage?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I Make them at home now. Okay. Oh um, really? Okay. Do you, how, lattes. Do
1: you, how do you make them at home?
2: I I go for the matcha lattes, or I get like a golden turmeric blend.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. so is it matcha like the green powder? The green you know?
2: whisk it up bamboo uh-huh. whisk. Uh-huh.
0: I got the bamboo whisk. Yeah. yeah. Did you get the ceremonial? C- yeah, it has to
2: be ceremonial <laughs> <bowl>. grade. <No. laughs> oh, the bowl. No,
0: I got the bowl, and I was like, "What Doing is this?" I it's didn't funny. get the bowl. <laughs> no, <it was laughs> <a whisk>. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it
1: was just like it was like.
2: First you <laughs> get the ceremonial <laughs> grade organic matcha, and then yeah, you get sure. the bamboo whisk. I just do it in the teacup. Yeah, yeah, and you love like the um, taste? Yeah, I do. because yeah, well, I it. came off the coffee. About six months ago.
3: Okay. And so was
1: it...
2: My adrenals were just tapped.
1: Does it give you a bit of a buzz or
0: no? Yeah, it's
2: it's caffeinated but very antioxidant. Did Mm. the doctor
0: say the adrenal, like, did you get blood tests or whatever? And they're like, how do you know? Because I feel like I'm pretty... I'm really
2: in tune with my body and I've been doing a uh lot of... My, like, thing that I love to do on the side is health coaching. Mm -hmm. So I'm really well versed in health. And I've, yeah, I've did a bunch of hormone Uh adrenal tests and um but it's just obvious Mm -hmm. that if you're stressed enough in life
3: yeah and Mm. that like
2: constant drip 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 like the cortisol that our adrenals are giving off and just Mm. messing up you know our hormones and messing with our organs and all of that like if, if you know Undoubtedly, if you're not getting enough deep rest and Mm -hmm. sleep and you're generally stressed at a very low level, (laughs) then you're you're probably you're you're probably (laughs) adrenally (laughs) fatigued. Yeah, 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 that's a dead giveaway. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I didn't
0: realize how much caffeine was there's more caffeine in iced. Uh, Like cold, like cold brews. Oh yeah, definitely. I didn't know that. And so the last time we were here, we had an interview, (laughs) and it was yeah, it was like at a um, where were we? City? What's the Studio City? We had an interview, and we're waiting, and I just had this big like American style like um. Yeah, a oh cup of yeah cold uh, cold brew, and then I was like
1: going in saying hi to yeah. them, shaking. Well, I guess like sweating, having four or five coffees a day, it's not yeah, really not doing good. anything yeah, yeah. to you after the mm-hmm. first couple. No, is that what you? Is that a, I would only identifier? have one a
2: day, but the reason I knew it was a problem was when I came off it, I got massive headaches and uh. cravings, like withdrawal symptoms. So that's you know a strong indication that one a day is messing mm. you so up. So do you feel better addictive. now? So much better. I've got more energy, sleeping better. It's a hard transition, but yeah. I mean, why
1: don't we listen to our body? Because I mean, even today eating, we I'm at a massive burrito. Uh. I was like, I got to a point, and I said to myself, if I was to listen to myself, I'd stop now. Yeah, Mm. but I kept
3: going.
2: Portions here are so big, (laughs) and you feel so obligated to finish them all. I can hear my (laughs) mum in the back of my head like, "There's starving children (laughs) in the world, you know, finish your food." Yeah, but then you fit. It's yeah, there's too much waste
0: and are you a uh, breakfast lunch or dinner person which is your favorite meal And breakfast uh-huh and what did you what do you have
2: oh it's boring now cuz i've gone vegan to uh-huh. try and save the planet uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so what is it you so can have fruit so yeah good. i make
2: like a amazing super smoothie
0: uh-huh. Um with a Nutribullet? bullet yeah okay
2: or i'll do with you with oat know, milk with milk uh-huh and like great protein powders and like fruit and wild blueberries what sort of protein powder it's a complete meal Uh complex on like organic lots of different good things just riveting for your listeners you know know, I'm so like I put the like I put the (laughs) you know uh, what do you call it the spirulina Hawaiian has to be Hawaiian algae all of my essential oils Mm -hmm. all of my supplements go in so I don't have to swallow too many yeah I put lots of like tonics and potions and coconut oil and yeah um, yeah. so mostly a smoothie what's your
1: favourite essential oil
2: Ooh, I saw some I'm over here. Yeah. So grab one? And you
1: can tell us about it. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I like blue, so I'm going to pick blue. It's almost the Daily Talk Show blue. Oh yeah, it
2: is. Okay, this is
1: peace on it.
2: Peace. So this is a grounding blend. Um, it's it's a mix. It's for kind of reassuring you if you're in a very stressful, anxious mm-hmm. time of your in your life. So you just so literally open know. it, do it do and do sniff it? it? You okay. inhale. The best way to do it is kind of like a bong. Like put a drop in your hand.
3: Yeah. 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 Sorry. What, then what are you going okay, to now rub your... Gonna rub, oh, you've got Ru- the mic in your hand, that's messing okay. rub up. Together. i can do yeah, this. You can do it with my with hand. Fingers. What about... Yeah,
2: or my hand. <laughs> <laughs> like that? Like that? Yeah, and then just like a... <sighs> like that.
1: Mmm.
0: <laughs> 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 smells good. Do you, are yeah, you feeling yeah, left yeah, yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Okay. What do you think about oh, all the yeah. marijuana stuff that's happening at the moment with the like the MCT... What's the... CBD? The gum- CBD, CBD, gummies. All, those, all that sort of stuff? You get Have you been
2: into MedMen?
0: No. We're going, going to. We it's busier oh than an Apple
1: Store.
2: Yeah, it looks like the Apple Store. It's ridiculous. And it's People busier. in
1: red, like all the, all the workers. And everything's
2: on iPads. It's so yeah. sleek. And you go in there and you're not really sure what you're going in to buy. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's crazy. And they, the one on Abbot Kinney, is especially in Venice. They started off really small. They bought out the building next to them and expanded. It's bigger than Apple. Gummies. Um, I wonder if
0: they're vego, though, because they probably got, like, <laughs> good uh, point. Yeah, you're right. what's it called? As if they aren't doing vegan gummies um, in, in gelatin. Gelatin. gelatin.
2: As if yeah. They're not, yeah.
0: You, you'd think.
2: Are you really strict vegan? No, no. No, oh. no,
0: and he doesn't <laughs> no, take no, marijuana. Yeah, but But do you? Uh, because some people take it for sleep. Do you take it for sleep or do yeah. any Sometimes. of that stuff? Yeah. And what does it do? Not, does it mellow? Like what, yeah, it really mellows
2: me. puts me into uh-huh. deep sleep. Okay. Yeah, which I like. I might microdose mm-hmm. just to kind of mellow me, but I don't. I don't really use it that much.
1: Yeah. What? Which ones? Specifically. Like a
2: um, a CBD like a gummy. CBD. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: It, like, we walk around. It's just like you smell it. And you're like, oh my god! In Australia, it's obviously it's illegal now. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's What's been the shift in seeing it go from uh, have a license to completely legal for?
2: You adults? basically get contact high everywhere you walk in yeah. LA, which mm-hmm. which frustrates me because contact I don't high. smoke. I think maybe I
0: was contact high. Uh, definitely not. Yesterday. I just yeah. felt a little bit. But Bust. also we hadn't eaten. <laughs> so I think blood my sugar. blood sugar levels. You'd know if Combination.
2: You'd but if you were yeah. in Venice, yeah, yeah. you know, chances are. But yeah, for me, it's like smoking cigarettes is banned in yeah. public places and in the streets and at the beach. So I think marijuana should be because yeah. I don't want to smoke secondhand smoke from yeah, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah, it's interesting because it seems like there's such a big... There's a lot of celebrities getting behind it and all that sort of thing. What I wonder th- if there's going to be a yeah. correction where it's like, mm. okay, now that legislation is through in all these different yeah. places,
1: what's the, what's the vibe? You know, Friday night drinks obviously is a thing at most yeah. workplaces. Yeah, is it still taboo if you if your
2: Friday
0: boss if joints. your best boss is having a joint?
2: Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, I wouldn't like. I haven't seen anyone do it in the workplace uh-huh. or having gummies at your desk or whatever. It's to smoke a ciggy. Like we have a yeah, little yeah. corner around the side to have a I mean everywhere and is taboo to smoke a cigarette yeah. in LA and that's very really? much I, I didn't know that well Australia yeah. I think
1: it's the same I think like it's just it, so
2: health conscious yeah. so you
1: literally can't walk down Hollywood Boulevard no, punch in no, a no no I
2: wouldn't do that
1: see that's not the same in Australia there's a bunch of no smoking zones yeah sure but you can walk down having six cigarettes I, yeah. in your mouth
2: not I don't sure why, know but <laughs> just need
0: that <laughs> nicotine <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. yeah I mean va- in, oh, but what about up. vaping vaping's very uh,
2: that you can, can do walking down the street Okay. So again, there's double standards. Uh-huh. Frustrates me.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's uh, amazing that you can't smoke walking down the street, but I, you can smoke weed. You oils. can. It's just taboo. I feel like it saying, it's, it's taboo. Uh-huh. You might, okay. uh, if
2: you're on the beach or the boardwalk, it is illegal.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So beach boardwalk, yeah. Same like with
2: public with, spaces okay, per okay. se, but in the street, and yeah, it's probably just frowned upon. It's a gronk move. Mm-hmm. That's what. it yeah. is. It's just
0: like don't put it. Don't yeah. put someone else out just because exactly. you want a yeah. dairy. Targa, thank you so much for Thanks, on your Friday. Staying back late and just chatting to us. Um, oh, it's a been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been heaps of fun. And we can't Sorry, see I wasn't it
2: wasn't funny. Sorry, Yeah, that was good. That good was way to good.
0: end. <laughs> uh, it's a daily talk show. If you want to email us, hi at the daily talk Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow, guys. See you guys.